is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. There was yet another allegation of sexual harassment and misconduct taking place at the state capitol recently. And this has led, you know, many to say that maybe Lansing is having its own sort of Me Too reckoning. Jake, catch us up on what's been going on in Lansing. Multiple allegations at this point against the same Republican state senator Peter Lucido of Shelby Township, the first coming from a young female reporter for the Michigan Advance, Allison Donahue, who says they had a very uncomfortable interaction in front of a group of high school boys in which she was trying to interview him. And he said, you should hang around. You could have a lot of fun with these boys or they could have a lot of fun with you. The second allegation coming shortly after that from another state senator, Mallory McMurrow, a Democrat from Royal Oak, who says the first time they met, he touched her inappropriately and made inappropriate comments about her looks. These allegations are, in many ways, about power at the state capitol. Who has it and how people use it. McMorrow said that, you know, she didn't come forward sooner because as a freshman lawmaker in the minority party, she was worried about being able to get legislation passed. I knew I had to build relationships with my colleagues to be effective in my job, to pass bills, to serve the people that I was elected to represent. So at the time, it was one of those things. And, and you know, women and minorities and people in any lower positions of power make these calculations every day um, when, when things happen. And I was speaking to a woman yesterday who said, you know, if, if we sounded the alarm every time somebody did something untoward to us, women wouldn't have any jobs to go to. The power structure and the power dynamics at the state capitol matter. They matter not just to the people that work there or have worked there. They matter to everybody in the state because what goes on at the capitol can have a direct impact on public policy. I spoke about this more in depth with Emily Lawler, who is a longtime capitol correspondent for MLive on the podcast portion of this show. So I highly recommend people check that out. But Jake, you and I both have been Capitol reporters in the past, and we've seen how when people say that there is a boys club sort of culture at the Capitol, that maybe they're not too far off. It's no secret, and it's been around for years. It's lasted through term limits and turnover in the legislature, uh, long history of a culture of toxic masculinity that has been at the state capitol. And it's important to keep in mind, look, this isn't just about one state senator and a couple of allegations. Um, You know, this is a state senator that chairs big committees, that has big assignments, that some people have talked about running for governor in the future. And it's led many women who have worked at the state capitol over the years to come forward and say, look, this culture exists. It is an old boys club, and it's something that people should be aware of. And this is something where it's easy for people to look at headlines like this and say, well, you know, the Capitol's a workplace and, you know, allegations like this happen at different workplaces, but it's not my workplace. So what does it matter? It matters because of public policy. It matters because these are lawmakers that are having these accusations levied against them. So this is something that can and does impact everybody in the state. I'm joined now by Emily Lawler. She's a lead reporter for MLive's public interest team, and she has been working at the Capitol for many years now. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. When these allegations started to come out that there was this, as people have called it, boys club culture at the Capitol, what was your reaction to that? 
You know, I wish I could say I, I was surprised, but I think unfortunately the uh, the boys you mentioned and even some of the comments um, that that people came forward with are sort of this undercurrent of capital culture. There are a lot of really fun parts of <laughs> being part of the capital culture, um, and, you know, frankly, as a woman, that's not one of them. Um, but unfortunately, I think I think it does exist. Is this something that, in your mind, interferes with how the capital operates? And what I mean by that is, you know, even sexual harassment aside, we're seeing concerns about power dynamics in general. Is this something that can interfere with the legislature's ability to pass bills and operate? You know, it's difficult and it's always been difficult to navigate, I would say, um, because of that power dynamic you mentioned and the fact that there um, are definitely tiers of, of people in, inside of the state capitol in terms of, uh, you know, some people are elected, it's unclear that an HR action could even get rid of them, right? That's a voter, voter split there. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, there are limitations to how much people um, can do even when they, they do speak up to uh, about some of these issues. And as far as policymaking, yeah, I mean, this is a workplace and some of the people at the Capitol are the hardest workers I've ever met. And they're, they're there. They're sometimes not in a nine to five situation. They're working for, for long hours um, and putting in a lot of work. And obviously, they should be able to to do that without, um, you know, fear that this this culture could interrupt that that line of work. You're over there in Lansing. I'm here in Grand Rapids. But really, this is something that it has the ability to affect really everyone in Michigan. For people that aren't at the Capitol or maybe don't pay attention to politics or think to themselves, well, you know, that's not my lawmaker. How do these allegations of quote unquote workplace harassment affect people outside of Lansing and people outside of the Capitol? Yeah, I mean, lawmakers are are leaders. I think that they set the tone for a lot of the, the actions that they take at the state Capitol. We talked about policy, but um, there there are cultural implications too to to how they act, and they have a different difficult workplace to manage. It's not a nine to five job. Um, they're taking a lot of tough decisions. They're uh, intertwined with a lot of politics, no matter what they're doing. Um, but I think that the way that they navigate those, whether it's showing civility or uh, making sure that professionalism is intact um, in regards to some of these sexual harassment issues kind of sets the tone for the rest of the state. There are some outlets that have called this a sort of Me Too reckoning for the state capitol. Is that what's happening here or is this something else? It's hard to say at this point. Uh, you know, I, I have seen people um, who have reacted by saying, you know, maybe this is one senator, one incident, I guess two incidents now. Um, but I think there is a broader conversation going on uh, in the halls of the state capitol right now about what this really is and what it really represents. Um, you know, I, I would not say uh, that the the capital really had a Me Too running back when, when other capitals were. Certainly we saw other states have some people even um, leave office over, over allegations um, related to, to me, the Me Too movement. Um, so I would say that that reckoning didn't really come to Michigan when it came to other states, and I'm not sure yet if, if this is Michigan's moment. And I want to ask you this sort of classic reporter question. What is the mood in Lansing and at the Capitol right now? Yeah, I think a lot of people are waiting to see where the investigation goes. Um, they have uh, one open uh, from a fellow senator and also um, one about the incident uh, regarding a journalist. And I think that um, the direction that those complaints go in could, could say a lot about where the Capitol goes generally, about um, you know contemplating, thinking about, 
uh, and maybe eventually addressing this issue. Emily, you've been a reporter at the state capitol for many years. You've covered the state capitol quite extensively. Where is this investigation at right now, and what do you expect to see in the future? Yeah, in progress, but it's not clear that we'll see much in the future, frankly. Um, The Senate's been clear that their precedent has not been to release um, personnel records. Uh, They're not subject to FOIA. They release financial information, and I've uh, requested that from them in the past. But, uh, you know, I think one of the questions going forward is is how we learn from this investigation and how the broad capital community um, can learn from this investigation um, if it's not made public. So, uh, you know, I think that's kind of an open-ended question right now is, is where exactly that investigation lands once it's completed. Now, you, you tapped into something really interesting there because, of course, these types of issues are not in a vacuum and they kind of have these sort of ripples. And you mentioned transparency. What was the reaction by people at the Capitol and maybe even fellow reporters in Lansing when it was made clear that these reports are probably not going to be made public? You know, sort of split. There are sort of uh, obviously people who understand that not releasing them would be business as usual and that's kind of the status quo. Um, but I think on the, the other hand, there were people who, um, you know, said they'd like to see these these made public uh, in some way. And especially if the, uh, you know, the results seemed like they would almost have to be um, made public, uh, people are going to notice, <laughs> for example, if a, a senator is pulled from committee assignments or something like that. Um, but I think that people would like access to this information in general. And I'm curious to see uh, what level of access the Senate ends up providing. Whenever an issue really comes to the forefront and becomes prominent in the state, there tends to be a call for legislation. Has that happened? And have there been calls to maybe legislate the issue and try to change the culture that way in Lansing? Uh, You know, not that I've heard so far. I think this is a notoriously hard issue to legislate, right? Um, Especially because there are existing um, laws about uh, workplace discrimination, harassment, et cetera, and I'm not saying that those specific incidents um, fall under that. I think that's part of what the investigation will determine. But, you know, you can't legislate culture, and that's something that the legislatures run into on a number of hot-button issues, um, and I think this might be one of those. Emily Lawler is a lead reporter for MLive's public interest team. She's been a Capitol reporter for many years, and quite frankly, she is one of the best. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me.